You know, if you really want to gain an edge in life, it's all about doing the little things, making the little changes that add up to the biggest of differences. And that's where our friends at Seed really kick in. My daily routine is pretty hectic. I wake up in the morning, I'm checking the betting odds, I'm looking at all the news that's going on. Well, I do need something that's going to keep me on track with my gut health, and DS01 Daily Symbiotic benefits my gut, my skin, and heart health in just two little capsules a day. I mean, I've integrated it into my daily routine with breakfast. Boop, take one in the morning, it's an easy capsule, and that's all you got to do there. And what I've noticed, I wake up with better energy, I'm sharper at work, I'm doing all the things that I need to do to get stuff done. And because it's really, really key since your body is your ecosystem. You know, your gut is the central hub for various pathways through the body. And a healthy gut means benefits for digestion, skin health, heart health, your immune system, and much more. And what's really cool about this is that if you need a refill, it's already on the way. Probiotics and prebiotics work best when you use consistently like other routine health habits. So Seed subscription service easily builds DSO1 into your routine with no refrigeration needed. Trust your gut with Seed's DS01 Daily Symbiotic. Go to seed.com slash shuffle and use code 25SHUFFLE. That's 25SHUFFLE to get 25% off your first month. 25% off your first month of Seed's DS01 Daily Symbiotic at seed.com slash shuffle code 25SHUFFLE. Lots of things are better together. Hockey, food, golf. I mean, beverages, watching a big game, it can't get any better. But if you really want to take things to the next level, drink some Labatt Blue Lights with your friends and live life to the power of we. Always enjoy responsibly. Beer, Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. You're listening to DraftKings Network. This is the GM Shuffle. I think this Chief team is a one and done. Now, look, Mahomes is a great player, but there's not enough. I loved it after the game. A great quarterback can't carry the team. You know, he needs help around him. He needs, you know, he needs all these other things to help him. Meanwhile, Belichick can't win without Brady because Brady did everything. You're listening to the GM Shuffle with Michael Lombardi, presented by DraftKings and VSIN. Here is Femi Abebefe. Welcome to another edition of the GM Shuffle with Michael Lombardi, presented by DraftKings and Visa. And I'm your host, Femi Abebefe. As always, make sure to subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcast. Our producer, Andre Paraiso, filling in for our guy, Elliot Bowman, on the ones and twos. Elliot, enjoying some much-needed time off there. He'll be back with us later on this week here. But, uh, Michael, I uh, hope Christmas went well for you. It was a lot of football over the holiday weekend, a nice late Christmas Eve, three games Christmas Day. Uh, how are we doing after the holiday? We're good. You know, we're good. We ate too much. You know, fat yes. guys tend to eat too much on Christmas. You <laughs> I'll know? put my I hand up. Too many cookies. <laughs> oh, man. You know, those Italian cookies, you go up to Philadelphia, you buy these Italian cookies, and all of a sudden, you know, you just like, you feel like you're just going to get explode. But uh, no, it's all good. I mean, I enjoyed it. I loved having my grandsons and granddaughter around. It's been wonderful. Everybody, you know, had the holiday spirit. The great Bill Berman, we had enjoyed the time with him as we got to experience all his family as well. So it was wonderful. You know, it's a great time. I I mean, it is the season of perpetual hope. And may I add that I I got the greatest Christmas gift of all. Mm. Greatest Christmas gift at all. Under, you know, it didn't happen until last night when the Ravens uh, beat the the 49ers and I was able to go three and zero in my Russo picks and Mr. Well Mad Dog, who was already counting his winnings already, uh, went zero and three. So I don't know if I could have had a better Christmas. I really can't. 
3 and 0, 0 3, right back in the thick of things here, taking the lead in the yeah. Russo contest. We love to see that. We love, we love to yeah, see he, that. Yeah, he, he had me he had me completely out of it. I felt bad for those people, Femi, in the uh, in the Survivor with mm. Denver. I felt so bad. Yeah, I mean, tough. that was a hard one. That was, you I know, mean, especially when they got the ball back with what a minute fifteen to go, or like under two minutes after the Patriots went and didn't do anything, and with on three plays and went out. I thought for sure, you know, they were going to kick a field goal, but you know, unfortunately. And so there remains four t- four people. I think had the Eagles last night. Yeah, yep. right. Yeah, they all had Philly. Yeah, so we go on to another week. Yeah, week 17, the contest remains here. So we'll see. I think they all have Denver available for next week if they want to go to that well. But, I mean, if they all pick the same team, then it's kind of like whatever because it's either they're all going to win and continue to week 18 or they all lose and then they split the money. And it's, I think, like $2.3 million would be if they yeah. all end up splitting the four there. So uh, congratulations to those people that have made it through that There's thing. a book to be written about this. There's a book to be written about how you can navigate these terrains. I mean, obviously it comes with tremendous luck, <clears> right? Uh, but I mean, wow, I, I don't know if there's a harder contest to navigate. I just don't know. I mean, it's really remarkable. It's why we love it though. It's why we love it. It's the, it's yeah. the contest that I think everybody could, you could be the sharpest person ever, the squarest person ever. We all know that it's about 95% luck and just trying to dodge those landmines and you got to dodge 20 of them. Cause it's 20 selections that you have to make over the course of the 18 yeah. week season, but it's a whole lot of fun there. And I do feel bad for the people I, I on Denver. That- I think Derek Stevens should give out a jacket. You know, like Richie April gave Tony. The jacket. I think they should give the jacket. They should have like a Circus Survivor jacket. Like, that's what they should have. Like, give the, give the people a jacket to wear, you know. And uh, you can walk around town. Look, I won the jacket, you know. Nice, nice tan jacket there. See, see if he's wearing yeah. it. <laughs> Love to see that there. Uh, the, imagine the emotions, though, if you had Denver. You're down 23-7. to 7, You're like, oh, my God, Christmas oh my is God. ruined. And then you get the two-point conversion and the touchdowns and back-to-back drives to tie it. And you get the ball back. You're thinking, oh, my, I might have saved myself. Here we go. And then it's a three and out with like about, what, 20 seconds yeah. off the clock on the three and out there. And the New England goes down there. And the kid, who, who Ryland, I believe is his name, missing field goals left and right in the game. Just drills a 50-plus yard. Killed them all year. Yeah. You know, for everybody who says, and we'll get into this later, but everybody says the Patriots are a bad team. I mean, they literally could have, they could have eight wins. If the kicker was better and they got any kind of quarterbacking play, they could easily be in this. I mean, they're not, they're good on defense. It's just that they've given away so many games. I don't know if anybody's really beaten them, but... You know, I think it's ultimately the case that that they just, you know, the kicker has been horrendous, worst kicker in the league. I mean, he can't make a goddamn extra point. He makes a 54-yarder to win the game. I think about that. It's it's the NFL, man. It's, it's really ridiculous. It is the NFL. <laughs> that's that's what it is. But the NFL saw a big game last night. We all saw it Christmas night in Santa Clara. How about that result there? The Baltimore Ravens said they felt disrespected. Lamar said going in, I love did. being the underdog. Six and a half point dog. They go into the best team's building. And that's the 49ers. And they beat them 33 to 19. Uh, a lot of turnovers, obviously, in this game. Four of those turnovers. But Lamar Jackson was terrific. 252 passing yards, two TDs. Ran for 45 yards. The Ravens had it going offensively and defensively. Stand up for Mike McDonald there. Give him a kudos what he was able to do and slow down this Niners attack that had been explosive against everyone pretty much when they were healthy. Ravens get the big time win. Best record in the league, 12-3. and three. Well, look, they did exactly what they had to do, right? And they, they were able to. They gave up yards. They created turnovers. They created uncertainty in the situation. And, you know, I thought, to me, the key to the game is and always will be Lamar's movement, right? When you have a quarterback like Lamar, 
against a great defensive front, his movement slows you down. And so the Niners can't really utilize the strength of their team, which is the front, because they're so worried about him escaping. They're so worried about being in front of them. They're so, they, they can't pin their ears back and go, right? They cannot pin their ears back and go. And because of that, he has able to make – they started the game off slow, but I thought once he got into the rhythm of the game, he was able to kind of get comfortable – and he made a couple plays with his feet. And once he makes plays with his feet, you know, this, this 49er secondary got exposed. And the speed of him at quarterback creates a whole problem for them. You know, now it's one game. I think we can't overreact to one game. You know, I think the next, if this happens to be the Super Bowl rematch in, in 57 days, it'll be a different kind of game. It won't, I'm not saying the Ravens can't win it, but it'll be a different kind of game because the Ravens will be used to the speed of the 49ers and the 49ers will be used to the speed of the Ravens. But look, Lamar as a dog is a good play. You know, he's 84.6% as a dog. And, you know, they gave John Harbaugh, they gave the, the book and everybody gave John Harbaugh the greatest motivational uh, element you can have, which yeah. is nobody thinks we can have a chance to win. Nobody thinks we're any good. And, and when you have that, you have 65 players fully focused <clears throat> on what the game plan is going to be. And, and I think that's was. And, you know, I was on McAfee this week, Femi, and, and I gave out the stat about Kyle. And they looked at me like I was absolutely insane. Like, I think they wanted to go check it again. Like, no, this can't be true. Shanahan, you know, when he goes into the game, when, when he's playing, when he's trailing by three or more points in the fourth quarter, he's 1-31. When he's trailing by eight points or more in the fourth quarter, he's 0-37. And I think what we saw last night is that when they get behind their offensive line, now we know Trent Williams got hurt, the offensive line has to pass protect in a drop-back pass game. They don't really have one. It's all play action. And so the longer that game stayed close, it exposed the one area where the, 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 the 49ers have always been and Kyle has always been deficient. They have a hard time pass protecting in a drop-back pass game. Yeah, and they they brought up that stat on the broadcast last night as well. I think a lot of people were very surprised by it and just kind of figuring out why this is the case. And you've talked about like the, the drop pack pass game isn't what other teams have there. This is a team that when they're in front, they can really pl- call plays and put you away. But when they have to trail and, and go from behind, which we know like not many teams are good from coming from behind, but in particular, this Niners team, 0-38 now, that says a lot about what they don't want to be in, which is in a game where they have to now pass. And that's what everybody knows and is expected here in a fourth quarter but you mentioned Lamar as a dog uh, how about Lamar against the NFC 20 and 1 in his career yeah. against the NFC and that kind of goes to like it's hard to if you you can see it on tape but until you kind of feel Lamar's presence you don't really know what to expect when you actually see it on the field yeah I mean and look I, I think what we what we complained about all last year about this Ravens lack of passing attack that they, they were just a, a a horrible passing game We've seen now that they have, you know, with Todd Munkin, they have a professional passing game. They can throw the football. And Lamar, for everybody who thinks he can't throw it, you know, he's a really good quarterback. I mean, he can make a lot of throws. But because of his speed, because of his athleticism, and because he's such a danger there as a runner, he can neutralize a pass rush. Look, I've said this so many times. To beat a great quarterback, you have to win. You have to devise a pass rush scheme. It's not the coverage; it's the pass rush, and how you want to fit them. Like last night, we'll get to this game later. But the, what the Giants did to Hertz was they just tried to force him to his left, overload pressures coming from his coming from his left, 
coming from his right side that has to go to his left, he doesn't make a play. That's how you have to handle quarterbacks. And I think what we, Lamar, it makes it very difficult because they can't run up the field. The 49ers are trained to get up the field. They want to play. They want to get on the edges and go. And when they can't do that, all of a sudden, you know, it's a different ball game. And Lamar, once he kind of got settled in and buys some time, I mean, Moncton, they said this on the broadcast last night, that the second play is what kills you. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing with Mahomes. The Mahomes just doesn't beat you with the first play. He beats you with the second play. When he starts moving around and he makes a play, that's what kills you is you can't defend two plays. You can defend one. You can't defend two. Yeah, the, the, this Ravens team, like we've seen them in these big moments be able to rise to the occasion. I mean, get this stat here from Opta Stats. This is the Ravens have seven wins by 14 plus points this season. All of those opponents are currently above 500. It was Houston, Cleveland, Detroit, Seattle, Cincinnati, Jacksonville, and now San Francisco. No team in NFL history has had more than five regular season wins by 14-plus against teams that finished with a winning record. Like, like This is almost like the reverse Cowboys here, the Baltimore Ravens. Like When they play the good teams and the big moments, they dominate those teams, and it's been really impressive to where they're ceiling. I don't know if from a consistency level they do it because they can be a little Jekyll and Hyde at sometimes, losing some games, but the ceiling of this team is ceiling to be right up there with the Niners in terms of the conversation for best team in the league. What does this tell us about the Rams? I mean, the Rams take them to overtime in a bad weather game back there. Sean McVay ran the football effectively on them. He was able to, he had a great game plan, a better game plan than the 49ers had. 49ers turned the ball over. We really don't know what that game plan was. You know, McCaffrey had 103 yards rushing. You know, the one drive that they, they were able to get going, it was all run. But, you know, like, what does this tell us about the Rams? Like, if you're, if you're Sean McVay today sitting in your office and you're getting ready, you know, you're getting ready to play this week, you got to feel really good about your team because you played one of the best teams toe-to-toe, went to overtime with them. Yeah. You know, you kept your quarterback protected. The Ravens didn't put any pressure really on Stafford in that game. So, I mean, I think this kind of, like, for me, this raises the Rams' power ranking as opposed to lower in the 49ers. The 49ers turned the ball over, tip balls, bad interceptions. The first Kyle Hamilton one was horrible by, by Purdy. But for the most part, I mean, the tip ball, all that stuff. So I think that's the story. Where are we going to rank the Rams? Yeah, the, the, the 49ers are not 14 points worse than the Baltimore Ravens. Like, games can get away from teams, and we know how that plays out over the course of 60 minutes. But on the other side, Michael, we got to have the conversation because everyone's talking about Brock Purdy. I think people are being a little bit unfair about it, but we'll discuss it next here on the GM Shuffle and get into the rest of the Christmas Day slate, as well as Christmas Eve coming up here on the other side. You know, if you really want to gain an edge in life, it's all about doing the little things, making the little changes that add up to the biggest of differences. And that's where our friends at Seed really kick in. My daily routine is pretty hectic. I wake up in the morning, I'm checking the betting odds, I'm looking at all the news that's going on. Well, I do need something that's going to keep me on track with my gut health, and DS01 Daily Symbiotic benefits my gut, my skin, and heart health in just two little capsules a day. I mean, I've integrated it into my daily routine with breakfast, but 
take one in the morning. It's an easy capsule, and that's all you got to do there. And what I've noticed, I wake up with better energy. I'm sharper at work. I'm doing all the things that I need to do to get stuff done. And because it's really, really key, since your body is your ecosystem, you know, your gut is the central hub for various pathways through the body, and a healthy gut means benefits for digestion, skin health, heart health, your immune system, and much more. And what's really cool about this is that if you need a refill, it's already on the way. Probiotics and prebiotics work best when you use consistently like other routine health habits, so Seed's subscription service easily builds DSO-1 into your routine with no refrigeration needed. Trust your gut with Seed's DSO-1 daily symbiotic. Go to seed.com shuffle and use code 25SHUFFLE. That's 25SHUFFLE to get 25% off your first month, 25% off your first month of Seed's DSO-1 daily symbiotic at seed.com shuffle code 25 shuffle last night the Ravens defense put on a stellar performance five interceptions four sacks uh, four of those five interceptions thrown by Niners quarterback Brock Purdy who I, I just thought it was ridiculous the the conversation happening last night as things were sort of winding down almost felt like it was a, a jubilant celebration that Brock Purdy finally played a bad game <laughs> in prime time but uh, what did you make of what you saw from Purdy this Niners offense was it just kind of one of those bad days at the office or is this something that the Ravens were able to find in defending this unit? No, I don't think it was a question of defining. I think they, they played well. And the Niners are moving the ball in the first drive of the game. I mean, he just made a bad throw on that. You know, he throws an interception on the corner blitz. It gets tipped straight up in the air. Then he's scrambling around on the chop block by, uh, by McCaffrey on Hamilton, who, you know, Hamilton, I, I was really not sure Hamilton could play uh, anything in the NFL in terms of on the third level. And I think what you got to give the Ravens really great credit for is their ability to scheme around his talent because he is an in-the-box player, but he's not an in-the-box player like Jamal Adams. He's an in-the-box player that has more range. And even when he plays high, when they put him in the, you know, they play him high in the red zone because they don't worry about getting him beat over the top. So I, I thought, you know, they've done a great job of scheming around his skill set, especially in today's game where – the, the, the slot receiver in pro football today is a dead item because if you're an 11 and you have Hunter Renfro in there, you have no run game. You can't run the ball and you can't live in 11 because they're, they just basically have a guy like Hamilton in the box and you have no weak side run game. So you got to run the ball strong side, which they take it away. So it's kind of created a new position, which I don't know whether it's a hybrid or whatever it is, but it's like a safety linebacker, which Hamilton is, and they built the scheme around him, and, and you got to give them tremendous credit for that, Mike McDonald and Harbaugh and the whole staff. So I think I think that matched up to what San Francisco was trying to do. But look, everybody's trying to kill Purdy. Purdy had a bad day. Balls got tipped. It happens all the time. I mean, a thousand miles away in Kansas City, you know, the, the best player in the league looked like crap. I mean, he looked really bad. So there are going to be days like this. I mean, there are going to be days like this, and you've got to, got to fight through them. And I think it's a great thing for the 49ers to get this kind of wake-up call in this time of the year because now all of a sudden, fellas, we're not invincible. We're not invincible, right? We don't have the greatest defense. I think you glean this. Everybody's going to talk about Purdy. But really the concern you have to have with the 49ers are if we block them, we can throw it on them. Like, they're not good in the back end. 
and we saw Arizona run for 248 yards on them the week before. Nobody took that seriously, right? Nobody took that seriously. Ah, it was just Arizona. Well, that, that, was, a, that was a kind of a, a game that showed you you can move the ball. And I think the Ravens did the same thing. The story come for me coming out of the last game is not Purdy sucks. The story is they're not, they're not as good defensively as we are led to believe. But when you look at it, because like, obviously we don't want to overreact or anything from what we saw last night. Like, I still think the 49ers are the best team in the NFC. I still think they're the best team in the NFL. Like, they just had a bad game, and you got to give the Ravens their credit for going in there and winning that game. But, like, do you think that the 49ers, like, their weaknesses can be exposed by teams in the NFC playoffs? Because, I mean, Philadelphia, they didn't look that great on Christmas. Dallas, they went ahead and lost once again on the road against Miami. Detroit, could they maybe exploit what San Francisco does defensively? Yeah. Like, 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 what's the kind of the matchup that might give the Niners problems in the NFC? Well, I, I think, you know, if you go back and watch the Eagle game, the Eagles were moving the ball. And they turned the ball over three times in the red zone, right? I mean, in the high red zone. So that, that hurt them. <laughs> And that was a problem. And the way the Eagles are playing right now, the way their offense is playing right now, is that the 49ers defense can control it because they know Hurts is looking at that rush. And they're going to try to, they can control Hurts more in the pocket than they could Lamar because of, they, they kind of have a feel for how to play Hurts. I, I think Dallas could play him. I worry, you know, Dallas's defense. I mean, they couldn't. Dallas couldn't get a holding call on Makai Parsons to save their lives in the game. It was almost unbelievable. But you know, Dallas's problems is their offensive line. When they go on the road, they're not very good. I mean, let's be clear. Everybody wants to blame Dak. Everybody wants to blame something else. Their offensive line is is really the issue there. They don't protect well on the road. The snap count, all those things go against them. So that's the week. Every team has some liability. I think the Niners have the least amount of liability. But look, if you play the Rams in the first round, if Detroit plays right now, Detroit's the three seed, right? I think they're the three seed. Yep. And they play. They would play the Rams in the first game. I mean, what do you think the line is? What do you think the Rams are going to be going back into Detroit? They're probably going to be, what, a three-and-a-half-point dog? Yep. Maybe five, four-and-a-half? I don't know. You got to believe the Rams are going to move the ball on them because the Rams can score. The Rams can move it, and I think Raheem Morris has done a great job defensively. And McVay, look, I I think the Rams can't win three in a row, but they can win single elimination one game. Yeah, which makes them a really dangerous team. There, I mean, we all want that Rams Lions playoff game. Like that's the storylines write themselves. Uh, the storyline of the MVP was big though after last night because obviously it was with McCaffrey and and Purdy and Lamar on the field. Everybody wanted to know who the MVP was. Is, is Lamar your MVP with two weeks to go in the regular season? Well, I mean, you know, look, he played well last night. I don't think it even was his best game, but I thought he played well. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, to me, I never was in the McCaffrey train because to me, McCaffrey is always going to be the luxury item to the offense, right? And, you know, you want to kill Purdy for what happened last night? Okay, that's fine. Then give it to Lamar. But I would say, to me, I wouldn't have, I, I would say that in a big game, Purdy, they didn't play well. You can't deny that. I would say Lamar has to be the MVP at this point. You know, now we got Buff, he's got Miami coming into town. Yeah. You know, that's another situation where he's got a chance to against a very good Vic Fangio coach defense uh, to see how he plays. If he plays well and they beat Miami, then I think it's a lock. Yes. Yeah. yeah. It, it, he's definitely in the driver's seat. We'll see if he can finish the job with two weeks left to go here. Uh, we thought Kansas City was in the driver's seat to win the AFC West, and maybe they'll ultimately win the division here. But things are – it's gone from bad to worse for the Chiefs. They lose as an 11-point favorite at home on Christmas morning to the Las Vegas Raiders, 20-14. to 14. 
is is this just going to be what it is for the Chiefs and it's going to be kind of like a going out sad in the playoffs or, or or can this thing get turned around because what we saw yesterday Michael was it was alarming watching that that team play offense I think it was beyond alarming I mean I think see I think you have a little bit of a conflict here right the Chiefs are the Chiefs are used to making explosive plays and and they're not used to having to grind it, right? They're used to having to be able, you know, he runs around, makes a play, score, makes a play, score. You know, for all the conversation about, well, this is a great offense, the offense is really predicated on making explosive plays. And now they can't. And the really the bigger issue for the team is the offensive line. It's horrible. I mean, it's really bad. I mean, the Raiders who don't even, I don't know what Romo was talking about. Raiders, where he was saying the Raiders have great defensive tackles, and I have no idea what he was talking about in the game. But the Raiders, obviously, Crosby's great, and Koontz has played really well. They put Tyree Wilson inside over the guards. He gives them length in there. I mean, they, look, their front's playing much better, no question. But this chief offensive line is atrocious. I mean, they can't block anybody. You know, they were switching tackles. Of course, we didn't get that on the broadcast, right? They started out, they had Taylor at left tackle, then they moved him over to right tackle, they put the other kid in. Like, their, their tackle situation is really bad. And Mahomes is back there, and you're like, you mean nobody's open? You mean nobody's open at all? And he can't throw the ball to somebody? To me, they're broken. I mean, Kelsey, nobody's doubles Kelsey anymore. I don't know if it's because he's 34, if it's because he had the ankle injury. But, you know, even when he caught the screen and they said, well, there's a burst, there's no burst to him. There's nothing that scares you. I mean, Epps covered him one-on-one in the red zone. It was like no problem. Now, again, give him the benefit of the doubt. It could be his injury. But this chief offense is not going to change. To me, if I were Andy Reid, if today sitting in my office, if I'm Andy Reid, I'm saying we're going to go back West Co- old West Coast, going to get a fullback in here, got to get a block and tight end. We're going, to tr- we're going to try to run Pacheco. We're going to run the ball. We're going to go play action, run a 20 bingo. We're going to go right back to the old school because this stuff we got now is only going to get a speed. They're going to get eliminated in the first round. Mm. They will get eliminated in the first round. They can't beat anybody. And they're not as good on defense as we all think they are. I mean, they were sitting there saying, well, the, the, the Chiefs defense is gassed. That's what they said on the broadcast. I looked at my son, Mick. I said, how can they be gassed? They only played 25 minutes. I mean, they didn't play. I mean, the Raiders didn't get a, a complete a pass after the first quarter. I, I mean, how could they be gassed? I mean, that was a time when you went out on the field and said, okay, we're going to take this game over now. We, all we got to do is get three runs. We'll stop them, and, and, it's, and we'll get the ball back, and we got a chance. But, you know, they couldn't stop them. Don't tell me that. How were they gassed, Femi? No, they, they weren't How were gassed. they freaking gassed in that game? Like, they were gassed. I mean, the Raiders, what, what did the Raiders in the second half? Okay, here's the Raiders' second half. They went, they had, before that drive, they only had three first downs in the second half. And in that drive, they went 61 yards when they knew they were going to run the football. What does that tell you, right? Can't stop like, the run. You know, you got to block Chris Jones. I get that. But I think this Chief team is, is really, I think they're one and done. Now, look, Mahomes is a great player, but there's not enough. I loved it after the game, okay, after the game that we went to the NFL Today show. I love those guys. I love my man Sims, right? And they all start talking about Mahomes is, you know, a great quarterback can't carry the team. You know, he needs help around him. He needs, you know, he needs all these other things to help him. Meanwhile, you know, Belichick can't win without Brady because Brady did everything. Like, I love how the narrative on that is always, well, the quarterback needs some help. But then we talk about Brady, we don't, we, he doesn't need any help, right? Like, what's, where's the consistency here? The fact remains is they're right. You need help. Every quarterback needs help. 
every, even as great as you are, you need help. Mahomes needs help. He needs a better offensive line. He needs more explosive receivers. And they have to change their identity, which is really what I think is being, they're being very stubborn on right now, is they're not who they were. And either you pivot or you're going to lose. The offensive line, I think, is the biggest problem for me. Like, because last year, like we talked about the pass catchers, and they had Juju Smith-Schuster last year, and all that stuff. So, like, where they maybe had like a more reliable guy, but the offensive line was really good last year. It was one of the better O lines that we saw in the league. This year, it's. I mean, the tackles are bad. Like Taylor's been a disaster for them. The guards out there. are bad like, too. The, the, yeah, it's just it's. The, the guards aren't any good either. I mean, Tooney's towards the end of his career. I mean, they're getting the crap beat out of them. I mean, I mean, they're terrible up front. They, and and here's the thing too: they have no toughness. They they really are not a tough team. They're an explosive team, but they're not a tough team. They're really not. They're not one to really get in there and grab. They rather run a triple reverse to get one inch. Like, look, they're, they're backed up in the red zone. What play were they running down there that they got the touchdown on by Nichols? Like, like, like what were they trying to do? Pacheco at quarterback. Like, like great when, like, teams <laughs> don't have to dick you. Great teams don't have to dick you. Great teams say, okay, here we come, MF. We're coming after your ass. Yeah. I mean, that was an ass kicking by the Raiders. And to put it, put it worse, no completed passes after the first quarter. Think about that. Unbelievable. They just ran it down their throats. Zamir White, 22 carries, 145 yards on the ground there. The Raiders improved to 7-8. and eight. Chiefs now 9-6 and six this season here. They can still win the division, but things aren't looking too great after that. We'll talk more about this on the other side. Whether you're hosting game day or movie night, DiGiorno knows that planning a watch party on a budget isn't easy. You need the perfect setting, the perfect squad, and the perfect eats. Luckily, you're a game time mastermind, and you know that grabbing DiGiorno Classic Crust Pizza can bring home a dub because it's packed with half a pound of cheese, sauce, and other toppings and comes at an incredible price. Make the game-winning call and grab a DiGiorno Classic Crust Pizza from the grocery store today. It's not delivery, it's DiGiorno. So the Raiders beat the Chiefs 20 to 14, Michael, and a lot of people are saying that interim head coach Antonio Pierce has made his case to take the interim tag off of the title and maybe be the permanent head coach for the Las Vegas Raiders. And this team has played hard. They're four and three since he's taken over as interim head coach. Do you think he's done enough to get that permanent job? Well, I mean, I think the team's rallied around him. There's no question about that. And, you know, I think Pat Graham deserves a ton of credit here, too. This Raider defense has played really well. I mean, this Raider defense has, you know, going back to even in the Miami game, you know, they held Miami to 20 points. They turned Miami over. They have played really well. I mean, they held Minnesota to three points. If, if Antonio would have just put Garoppolo in that game, they might have won. You know, so I, I think to me, you know, certainly if, if Mark Davis is going to look at this objectively, he's going to have to say, yeah, I think he has turned it around. I, I think he was premature in making the move. Because, you know, everybody was complaining. You know, Devontae Adams, I'm not getting the ball. He had one catch for four yards last night. Like this Aiden O'Connell thing to me is strange. You know, it's really kind of a strange thing because he's not very good. I mean, I hate to break the news to you. He's not very good. Like he's a backup. It looks like a backup quarterback to me. And they won in spite of him. I mean, to me, the story has been their defense. And, and, and Zaire White, yes, last night, running the ball as hard as he did, again, proves why are we paying a running back? 
You know, there it is right there. Nobody mentioned that, right? Nobody mentioned that on the broadcast. God, God forbid, why would we do that? All summer long, all we talked about is, oh, you got to pay it back. Got to pay it back. Got to pay you. Got to pay those backs. I mean, these backs are getting disrespected. Oh, my God, you got to pay these backs. It's some fourth-round pick from Georgia comes in and bangs 160 yards off the, you know, okay. Well, he may not make a difference in the passing game, but he won the game for him. Same thing, right? Why we'll would you pay it back? We'll have a Zoom meeting. Why would you? Yeah, I mean, it's a perfect example of why you don't want to pay. I mean, there it was right for America to see on Christmas Day. So I do think Pierce deserves credit. I think, I, I mean, I, 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 don't, I don't think it's fair that uh, what's-his-face is not getting enough credit, Pat Graham, because I think he's done a great job. He's done a great, great job. And uh, uh, But, yeah, I mean, I think Mark Davis has to seriously look at this because, you know, does he like the direction of where it's going organizationally? I thought the, the worst thing I saw yesterday on tape was the Jack Jones thing where he gave the kid the ball and he took it away from him. Like, to me, that was one of the worst things I've ever seen on pro sports. Like, I get sometimes where, where kids, you know, where a guy turns down the inter- autographing, which to me I think is the rudest thing of all. But that, to me, was really, that was asinine. If I were the head coach of the Raiders, I'd have fined his ass. Like, I would have fined him. Like, that, to me, was disgusting. And I saw it. I saw it. It, 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 it showed up on Twitter later. It, they uh-huh. didn't mention it on the broadcast, right? Oh, no, the broadcast didn't talk about it. <laughs> yeah, it was he, – maybe he's adding to this Raiders-Chiefs rivalry here. Jack Jones, I, I don't know what's going on with him. Talented player. Like, I mean, the guy's talented, but it's just something. something's going on there. I think with Jack Jones, but hey, I guess. Well, I mean, it was what's going on when he was, that's why he's a third round pick from Arizona. I mean, you know, I mean, he, Antonio Pierce was with them. The Raiders didn't draft them. Put two and two together there. Now they claimed they got them because they were desperate for a corner because, you know, they, they, you know, Peters was a disaster and he wouldn't cover or tackle anybody. So they, they were desperate, but you know, they didn't draft Jones for a reason. They knew about him, but they took him in now because they're desperate. I get that. We all do those things. But to me, that was despicable. I mean, that, that to me was like, are you kidding me? Like you're going to show that kid the ball and then take it away from him. I don't give a shit if the kid's a chief fan or not. Like, you got to have a little bit more dignity than that. You got to have a little bit of respect for those people that sit there on Christmas Day and watch you play. He's, uh, he, he was a five star recruit out of high school, wasn't he? Jack Jones, and then he, yeah. he bounced no, around in college. Look, the kid's and, talented. And yeah. Look, but, but obviously, the kid, you know, I mean, the kid took a gun to the airport thinking he was going to get through security without a license. Like, seriously. Like, you're talking about, are we sure we know what we're doing here? Well, that's always but besides that, just watching him play, really a good player. It's two weeks in a row he's had a pick six, yeah. right? The one two weeks the in a row. was unbelievable. The, the one-handed pick. Just... He, he saw that bubble coming and he, he banged it. Look, I'm not. The, I'm talking about. The, I'm talking about that act that he had on the sideline. To me, was really bad. Like that's everything pro athletes shouldn't do. Let's spend a couple minutes here on Giants-Eagles. Philadelphia gets a 33-25 win. Uh, Heard a lot of boo birds on Christmas Day because, hey, it's Philly. Um, As the team was looking a little herky-jerky offensively, looked like they were going to go ahead and and, and win this comfortably, 20-3 at halftime. But coming out of that second half, they get the fumble on the kick return. Giants then score the touchdown. Then things get a little strange. Giants go from DeVito to Terod Taylor. Had they started Terod Taylor, maybe they win the game. Who knows what happens there? But uh, Philadelphia, yeah, they won the game, but once again kind of left you wanting a little bit more i mean look the the giants i I don't know how long this devito thing's going to continue like at some point 
Like, I know it's a nice story in New York, and I love the kid. He's Italian, all that stuff. He's not an NFL quarterback. Can we just – we've been saying that for three weeks. Like, I don't know what Dayball's thinking. I mean, Tyrod Taylor's sitting there saying, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Against this secondary, I could have probably caught him up. You know, I mean, seriously, are you kidding me? The guy holds the ball. He's going to get sacked. He can't make a throw. No, he didn't get some help. He had some drops. I get that. But, look, the Eagles aren't right either. I don't think the Eagles, like, walking out of that stadium, do you think the Eagles have improved defensively? I don't think so. I don't think so. And, you know, they keep giving the game away. They got 465 yards of offense. That should have been, if you took the Eagles and laid the points, you had the right handicap. I think that was the right handicap. It was the right handicap. And even though Tyrod came back in, it's 20-3 to at the half. It should have been 27-3 to getting going. But I think the Eagles are very beatable. I don't think they fixed their problems. They got Arizona this week. I think the Eagles have deficiencies. To fend- their defensive line isn't the same defense, especially against the run. Their run fits are horrible. Yeah, no, it, it was not great from the Philadelphia Eagles. Also, I don't know what Jalen Hurts was doing at the end of the first half there when he stayed in bounds. He was lucky that they got a Okereke for the delay of game oh penalty. Like, I was like, is, did he lose track of the timeouts? What was going on there? Like, he cuts he back. He had to know sec- he didn't have a timeout. Yeah. I mean, I he had to. Like, why wouldn't he go out of bounds? Like, I don't have – I couldn't understand that either. They got, they got very fortunate there. And then they turn it over to start the second half. It was not, not a great performance there from the Philadelphia Eagles, who, yeah, they're in the driver's seat in the NFC East. If, as long as they win these two games, home against the Cardinals, and they play the Giants in the Meadowlands to close out the year in Week 18, they'll go ahead and host in the playoffs. But uh, I don't think many people are confident watching that team play football. Uh, how about the game in South Beach as we transition over to the Sunday slate there, Christmas Eve? The Cowboys fall to the Dolphins. Uh, Dolphins get their big win there, first of a team with a above 500 record, 22-20. to 20. Shout out to Jason Sanders. Five made field goals in the game. That was the difference there as Miami goes ahead and improves to 11-4. and four. And if, if the Dolphins win their final two, Michael, they would be the AFC's number one seed. How quickly things can kind of turn here. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I think you have to really respect the Dolphins defensively. And I think that when you watch this Dolphin team and you watch them against the, you know, they, they won the game up front. I mean, you know, they, Dallas held them to, tw- if you'd have told me Dallas is holding them to 22 points, I said, well, Dallas got a pretty good chance to win it, right? Yep. You know, but the, they were able, and they played the run well. They only gave up 91 yards. But look, Dallas couldn't make play. I mean, he was sacked four times, constantly under pressure. Right. Constantly under pressure. And, you know, and, and, and they couldn't really execute when they got down the red zone. They had to settle for field goals, which is a killer. I mean, the game comes really down to that. The Cowboys are one for three in the red zone. Now, in fairness, the Dolphins were one for four in the red zone. But when you lose a game like that, when you lose that kind of point difference, that that's the issue. And I think this Dolphin defense, you know, is, is good. I think they're hard to play. you got to block them. And Wilkins is good. You know, Sicer's good. He's good. I mean, they're all they're good inside, you know, and Chubb's playing, I think, at the highest level I've seen him play, you know, pretty much since he's been down there. I mean, Siler's a hard guy to block. I mean, think about the Ravens cut him and they picked him up off the waiver wire. Yeah. 
good pickup there with him and Wilkins inside kind of doing oh, things there on yeah. that defensive line there. You see Miami and like the secondary as well. Like they were missing Javon Holland in the game, but Ramsey, of course, is a difference maker back there. Uh, this Dolphins defense, I know you've been high on them ever since that game in Germany against Kansas City saying that this second half of the season, Dolphins defense is one to watch. And they've been the other reason why they won the game there. Dallas felt like missed opportunities. The opening drive there, the fullback fumbles the football on the one yard line. Like that's just a killer that you can't have happen yeah. in a game like this and like stuff like that ultimately makes up the difference between winning and losing the game to where can you have confidence in Dallas heading into the postseason because they're going to have to win multiple road games to get to the Super Bowl and they have been able to do that against good teams this season well I think the reason you can't they can't is because their offensive line they're not good enough up front I mean once again Tyron Smith can't play yeah you know I mean we saw you know he couldn't play they had to move the line around you know so now you're weak you know I think Tyler Smith's a good player but he's been playing guard now you kick him out you know, I, I think that, you know, the guy they miss, the way Zeke's playing for Philly, they miss, for New England, they miss Zeke. Yeah, they do miss him. They do miss Zeke. I mean, for all the, the, the crap that Zeke took from everybody, I mean, Zeke's playing pretty good for New England. I mean, he doesn't have the same burst, I get that, but they miss that power. They miss yep. that power. Yeah, uh, that's all I could think about because the play before the fullback fumbled the football, Pollard had the edge there, and then he cuts back inside, and he's not able to score. I'm like, Zeke scores right there. Like, he powers his way yeah. into the end zone and scores. Yeah, I mean, look, Pollard, I mean, let me ask you this question. What do you think Pollard's going to get in the open market? I mean, he's been featured as the featured back. He's not the same player. His yards per catch is way down from what it was last year. It was up near almost 10 last year. Now it's down to nine. Now it's down to five in the five area. You know, he's not a power runner. He's not the lead dog. He's a really good player. But what's he going to get in the open market? What's he going to get? I don't think he's going to get what he wants. Um, it's a good thing that he well, he signed that franchise tag immediately, damn near, when they tagged him with it. So uh, smart on him to secure that money there. But I don't think he's going to get anything uh, that's $10 million per year, multi-year. Like, that's not happening for Tony Pollard here. And, and maybe because he's talked about how – He's like, all right, the first half of the season, I didn't really feel like myself with the with the ankle injury and the, the broken leg that he suffered in the playoffs against the Niners. But even post-injury, it hasn't looked that great here for Tony Pollard. Um, what did you make of the Del- Tua, Tua 293, a touchdown pass Tyreek Hill? He played, wasn't quite 100%, but he still was effective as always. Nine catches, 99 yards. This is Miami offense. It wasn't explosive. They moved the ball 30 to 30, then kind of uh, felt like they hit the wall there, but efficient enough, I guess. Yeah, well, look, I, I think anytime you can force Miami to 10 or more third downs, you got a chance to win the game. They had 13. They were 6 for 13 on third down, and they were 0 for 1 on fourth down. So when you can do that and don't give them those chunk plays, you got a chance. And that's what Dallas did. You know, they're going to get yards. They're too good. they got too many options. Yeah. And it's still been uh, 38 quarters since Michael Parsons has uh, gotten a hold call. So we got that yeah, going. I mean, it was brutal. We got that going for us there. I, I don't like blaming the refs. I know a lot of Cowboys fans are mad about the refs at the end of the game there. But it's like y- y- the refs, regardless, like you should have sort of won that game there. But it's just funny to point that out for Michael Parsons. All right, we'll wrap it up on the other side. You know, if you really want to gain an edge in life, it's all about doing the little things, making the little changes that add up to the biggest of differences. And that's where our friends at Seed really kick in. 
my daily routine is pretty hectic. I wake up in the morning. I'm checking the betting odds. I'm looking at all the news that's going on. Well, I do need something that's going to keep me on track with my gut health. And DS01 Daily Symbiotic benefits my gut, my skin, and heart health in just two little capsules a day. I mean, I've integrated it into my daily routine with breakfast. Boop, take one in the morning. It's an easy capsule. And that's all you got to do there. And what I've noticed, I wake up with better energy. I'm sharper at work. I'm doing all the things that I need to do to get stuff done. And because it's really, really key since your body is your ecosystem. You know, your gut is the central hub for various pathways through the body. And a healthy gut means benefits for digestion, skin health, heart health, your immune system, and much more. And what's really cool about this is that if you need a refill, it's already on the way. Probiotics and prebiotics work best when you use consistently like other routine health habits. So Seed's subscription service easily builds DSO1 into your routine with no refrigeration needed. Trust your gut with Seed's DS01 Daily Symbiotic. Go to seed.com slash shuffle and use code 25SHUFFLE. That's 25SHUFFLE to get 25% off your first month. 25% off your first month of Seed's DS01 Daily Symbiotic at seed.com slash shuffle. Code 25SHUFFLE. You're listening to the GM Shuffle with Michael Lombardi, presented by DraftKings and VSIN. Here is Femi Abebefe. All right, let's go rapid fire, continuing our discussion with these Sunday games. And how about the Cleveland Browns? Now 10 and 5 after they beat the Houston Texans 36-22. Joe Flacco, 368 yards, three TDs, a couple of interceptions, but Flacco, the downfield passing attack was humming. Amari Cooper, 11 catches, 265, two touchdowns, as this Cleveland team is uh, one win away from clinching a playoff spot with four different quarterbacks throughout the season. You know what's so remarkable about, I think Flacco should win comeback player of the year. Now look, Demar Hamlin, if he's going to win it because he's playing, and I, I, I'm not arguing that because the kid... It's remarkable of where he came from and all that. However, you know, he doesn't play a lot, but if we want to give him the award, that's great. I understand that. But Flacco, to me, because he's coming back from 2014, I mean, think about how far back he's coming back. I mean, it's back, 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 right? I mean, look, I think what's really fascinating about watching this Browns offense with backup offensive linemen in it, with, you know, with a lot of guys hurt, you know, not having the running backs. I mean, so is the fact that how willing, how willing Kevin Stefanski is to keep calling pass plays. Like Stefanski just doesn't give it. I mean, he, he was managing Watson and hoping Watson wouldn't beat him and relying on the run. Meanwhile, meanwhile with Flacco, he just throws caution to the air and is like, screw it, we're going to throw it all over the lot. You know, he may turn it over. He may make mistakes, but I don't really care. He's going to make enough big plays to offset it. I mean, think about it, Femi. He's been in there now for four games. And in those four games, they have nine turnovers. And they've th- they're three and one. They're three and one. He's turned the ball over, but he's given them a passing game that they've never had before all year, including when Watson was there. I mean, he's averaging 326.8 yards per game. Watson was at 185. He was at 185. And, you know, he's, he's completed. He's already thrown for 1,300 yards in four games. Watson threw for 1,100 in six games. You know, and so, look, his interception percentage is way too high. They got to try to control, control that. But he's already th- he's got more first down. He's got one less first down than Watson had. He's playing better than Watson. 
let's face it, he's playing better than Watson. If you're sitting there and, and you're, you got to be sitting there saying, wait a minute, A, we got to sign Flacco for next year. And are we sure Flacco's not the best quarterback on our team? I, I think he is. And, and this is something that like, we did, like, we, like he's always say, we didn't second guess this. We first guessed this. It was after that loss against the Rams. We said, this is the best their offense has looked from a passing standpoint of the whole season or the whole last two years that it's looked. And like, like Flacco's got him going. Yeah, I mean, I got a text from somebody saying, how could you bet Joe Flacco? You know, I, and I was like, well, I, think, I don't think Flacco was going to be the reason I lost. I thought, and, and the reason I lost that Rams bet to Russo was because their defense sucked. Defense. Yep. You know, their defense sucked on the road. But, I mean, now they have some confidence. I mean, they got the Jets Thursday night. That, that line's already up to seven and a half this morning. I mean, the Jets are a whole other story. I mean, the fact that they almost blew that game after they were announced to come back. Like, is anybody paying attention in, in New York? Is anybody, like, to, for the owner to come back and say, we're going to run this back, is anybody paying attention? And then they go out and almost get beat by one of the worst football teams in the history of football, the Washington Commanders. It's, I thought my bet was done. <laughs> I had that plus three, and then within 30 minutes of real time, I was like, oh, I guess I'm just going to lose because the Commanders are going to turn the football why, over. How was would a disaster. you take that play? Why would you take that game? Why would you play that one? <laughs> hey, man, I, I had it as hard. We, we got there. We got there by hook or crook. We got there. <laughs> I mean, the Chets are so bad. I mean, you know, nobody says a word. How about Salah? He came out and said, well, you know, we could have done better after, after – uh, you know, Rogers got hurt. Oh, really? Maybe you should have thought of that. And are you sure we're really that good on defense? Are you sure we're that great on defense? I mean, because this Washington offensive line is a joke, right? I mean, it's a joke. And, I mean, like, look, Washington, you know, I mean, when they put Brissett, if they would have started Brissett in the game, they would have won. Maybe they would have won the game. They, they could have won the game. Yeah. I mean, Brissett's, if New England had Brissett, I think New England could be a playoff team with Brissett. Think about that. I mean, Brissett's better than a lot. He's better than he's better than Gardner Minshew. He's been a lot of these backups. Yep. I, I don't know why nobody wants to have him as a start. Like, like he's like you watch him come in and it's like, yeah, I get it, it's coming in relief, but he, he's much better than some of the quarterback play that we see around the league here. I mean, look at the uh, the Atlanta Falcons. I mean, you don't think they could use Jacoby Brissett uh, like on that team? And, I mean, uh, that game that game was I took that game for Russo and it was close. I mean. Heineke tried to throw. He threw one right to the, the Colts, and he, the kid dropped it. They were trying to. They eventually wore down. I mean, the Colts' offensive line is a joke. And, you know, I think Shane Steichen's got a real issue to have because he was told he had to keep Gus Bradley, and this defense is horrible. I mean, the defense does nothing. I mean, when they go against a good game planner, this defense, now they'll play good against the Raiders this week because the Raiders really don't do any. They can't do anything offensively. But to me – uh, you know, this defense for the Colts isn't, isn't good enough, just like Jacksonville's defense isn't good enough. I mean, look at Jacksonville. I mean, they made, I mean, Baker Mayfield's on a heater. He's playing all these bad teams, and he now, he's, now I guess Baker Mayfield should be comeback player of the year, right? In the discussion. <laughs> he's in the discussion for it. The season that he's had, 26 TDs, eight interceptions. They're just, all they have to do is go one and one, I think, and they pretty much win the NFC South there. And who, who had that before the season started? Not me. I mean, look, I'll grant you this. He's played better than I thought he would. He, I mean, I'm sure if Matt Rule's watching any pro games now, you know, he's sitting there saying, why didn't this kid play like this for me? Now, I understand he's got Evans and he's got Goblin and all that. He's playing better, and they're doing a good job of keeping the pocket clean. But right now, when you look at the seven teams in the, in the NFC, I think it's the right seven. Like, I don't want to see Green Bay 
I mean, Big Daddy's going to, you know, he doesn't, still doesn't understand how Joe Barry has a job, even though it was Christmas. I mean, to give up 30 points to that team, like, come on. That's what his favorite line is, come on. Come on. How does he still have a job? Come on. How does he still? Like, he would tolerate LaFuck, but he can't tolerate another day. But, see, this is the problem. When, when you have an offensive coordinator running your team, like LaFleur, they just assume that the defense is all going to go to plan. I mean, you, you, I don't want the Packers in. I don't want Atlanta in the playoffs. I, I don't want Minnesota, even though I think it's a good story, and I think Kevin done a great job, but I don't want him in the playoffs, right? Yeah, I think Seattle's a seventh seed. They got to play Philly back in Philly. That'll be an interesting game. I'd love to see the Rams play Detroit. And Dallas plays Tampa. I mean, you can't get better than that for Dallas. Like, I think Dallas is perfectly aligned as the five seed. Probably where they're going to be here, uh, taking on the NFC South champion, likely to be the Buccaneers here. And, and I'll admit, I touched the stove one too many times, Michael, with uh, with going to the well with Nick Mullins. We survived it against Cincinnati. We were able to get that bet three in the hook. I took plus three. I didn't learn my lesson from the week prior. And uh, four interceptions later, Vikings unable to cover. But congratulations to the Lions, though. First division title in 30 years. I mean, that's a hell of a job there that they've done, 11-4, and four, uh, as they go ahead and uh, we'll be hosting a playoff game for the first time since 93. All the week long, you know, I keep track of the line movements and listen to, you know, where the sharp movements coming in and who's betting. And all week it was Minnesota's getting heavy, sharp money, heavy. The pros are betting Minnesota. The pros are betting Minnesota. And I just couldn't, I, I just couldn't put any money on Mullen. Mullen is truly Jameis Winston. I mean, he's just going to turn the ball over. Like I mean, he's going to give you a play here and then turn it over. Like, he's horrendous. You know, I'm, and he's better than Joshua Dobbs. I'm not saying that, but he can't. He won't protect the ball, and so you know, the, the one thing the, quarter, the backup quarterback has to do is protect the football. He does the opposite of that. He puts the ball in harm's way. Last game here, you want to a real quick recap here on the Patriots and the Broncos, New England. We talked about it a little bit to start the show about the survivor implications there, but Patriots win 26-23 as a seven-and-a-half-point dog there, and Denver probably kicking themselves after seeing the results that we saw Monday with the Chiefs losing. Now the Broncos 7-8. and eight. Yeah, I mean, look, you know, I mean, they did a great job on Russell. They made Russell, you know, now Russell came back and made some plays late in the game, but I thought they put a lot, I mean, Christian Barrymore, I mean, he was incredible. Monster. They couldn't block his ass. Yeah. You know, I mean, they couldn't block him at all. And, you know, and, of course, the, the Patriots' offense was horrendous in the fourth quarter. I mean, after they, after they scored, they went, they went nine plays and didn't get a first down. Then they go seven plays, 43. In 58 seconds, the, the game really got lost. When, when they got the ball back with 142 to go in the game and they had a punt it at 58 seconds, they went three, three plays and three and out. And that cost them the game. But look, I, I love it now. Now everybody's mad at Belichick for winning the game. <laughs> right? They, they, all year long, they're telling us how shitty Coach Bill is, right? And then without Brady, he's just – somebody said to me, there's a guy that said that Brady, that, that Belichick is really just Zach Taylor without Brady. Sorry, Are what? you kidding me? Jesus. Huh? That's, that's, Can you imagine that? That's terrible. I mean, somebody <laughs> said he was Zach Taylor without – I mean, like and – you're, and you're commenting on football? I mean, come on. Anyway, uh, you like you think Belichick's not going to game plan and try to win a game? Come on, People look at it. every coach knows that. People are ridiculous. I mean, that's that's just that's stupidity. Uh, let's get to the awards though, so we can get back into feeling good here. Uh, the best game plan of the week here. You wanted to split it with the games that we saw uh, on Monday here with with Baltimore and in Las Vegas as well. I think Baltimore's game plan defensively by McDonald was tremendous. I think their offensive game plan was great. I think Moncton really was great in that game. And I think, I think the Raiders' defensive game plan was outstanding. I mean, they rushed them. 
Uh, they created all sorts of havoc, and they frustrated the hell out of Mahomes. I mean, Mahomes is truly frustrated. Yeah. It's bad there for Patrick Mahomes. The fraud of the week, though, uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars, not great. No. I mean, look, the Jags are hurt. I mean, now he's got the shoulder injury. He's got the ankle, the knee. Their defense stinks. They're, they're not healthy. Look, they're fortunate they play Carolina this week, but they're not a good team. They're not a good team. If they go in, I don't see how they win a playoff game. Jags going under the uh, the win total of 10 and a half. I like to see that on a, on Christmas Eve. Then. Uh, on the lamb, though, uh, how about our guy? No cutlets for Christmas this year, at least. I mean, come on. It's time for Tommy DeVito. I mean, he's had his 15 minutes of fame. It's a great story. Yeah. I'm glad he went to the pizza place to sign for the 10K. But enough is enough. I mean, it's a professional sport, you know, and, and he's just not good enough to play, unfortunately. I mean, that's just the case. I don't mean it disrespectfully. But, I mean, you keep putting him out there. What does that tell you about yourself? Not very good. Tyrod is be- a much better quarterback from what we saw in that second half. It is what it is. The Chiefs' offense is broken, and if they don't change their philosophy and how they think, it ain't going to change now. Really bad. Then, if you don't know now, you know. Well, I think that the, the 49ers. I, I think if you don't know now, the 49ers can't play from behind. I mean, it's it's, it's documented. I've known it. Everybody knows it. They got to play from the front. The world knows it now. 0-38 are the 49ers when they enter the fourth quarter with an 8-plus point deficit there. Not very good. Uh, Hopefully they don't have to play from behind in the playoffs. Otherwise, uh uh-oh, might be a tough situation. That does it for us here on the podcast. Thank you to our producer, Andre Pariso, filling in for our guy, Elliot Bowman. Thank you to everybody. Subscribe, rate, and review. Hope you had a happy holidays. We will be back on Thursday. So quick turnaround here for the pod. Michael, I will see you there. And we recap and, uh, sorry, preview week 17 coming up here in the NFL. You know, if you really want to gain an edge in life, it's all about doing the little things, making the little changes that add up to the biggest of differences. And that's where our friends at Seed really kick in. My daily routine is pretty hectic. I wake up in the morning. I'm checking the betting odds. I'm looking at all the news that's going on. Well, I do need something that's going to keep me on track with my gut health. And DS01 Daily Symbiotic benefits my gut, my skin, and heart health in just two little capsules a day. I mean, I've integrated it into my daily routine with breakfast. Boop, take one in the morning. It's an easy capsule. And that's all you got to do there. And what I've noticed, I wake up with better energy. I'm sharper at work. I'm doing all the things that I need to do to get stuff done. And because it's really, really key since your body is your ecosystem. You know, your gut is the central hub for various pathways through the body. And a healthy gut means benefits for digestion, skin health, heart health, your immune system, and much more. And what's really cool about this is that if you need a refill, it's already on the way. Probiotics and prebiotics work best when you use consistently like other routine health habits. So Seed subscription service easily builds DSO1 into your routine with no refrigeration needed. Trust your gut with Seed's DS01 Daily Symbiotic. Go to seed.com slash shuffle and use code 25SHUFFLE. That's 25SHUFFLE to get 25% off your first month. 25% off your first month of Seed's DS01 Daily Symbiotic at seed.com slash shuffle. Code 25SHUFFLE.